Turn two time for the Cha Cha King. Uh, give me the Cha Cha King. Rockin' with the best, Cha Cha King. Uh, give me the Cha Cha King. Uh, I like it now, Cha Cha King. Uh, give me the Cha Cha King. Watching my bro, the Cha Cha King. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and members of the Cha Cha Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Chacha It's Maker series on the Chacha Music Review Podcast. My name is Afis Tonova, aka your music blog creator of the Energy Force. You know, I get to do it on the Chacha It's Maker series. I get to bring different music producers and we have a conversation about the music production and everything in between. And without wasting much of your time, let me allow my producer for today to introduce himself. Okay, I go by the name Major Banks, also known as the Audio Scientist. A brief introduction of myself. My name's uh, Archibong Michael. I'm from Akwaibom State, southern part of Nigeria. And uh, I happened to be a producer when I was in the university in year one. Met a, I met a guy, this was back in 2002. I met a guy who, who was, you know, making beats with his mouse. And I thought that he was playing games. So I had to ask him, what are you doing? And he said, he's making beats. So I listened to it and he was actually making beats. And it sounded good. So I decided to dive into it, you know, learn the ropes, learn the basics, and then start pushing from there. Been making songs right when I was in Calabar for years before I came into Lagos in 2011. Yeah, so, you know, that's basically it. Thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Why you were introduced yourself? You said you're an um, audio scientist. Now, I've had a lot of people say maybe audio engineer, audio this, but audio scientist is something new. Tell us why you call yourself that. What I do mostly is research. Okay. You know, I yeah, what I do mostly is research. I personally try to predict you know where the music is going in the in the nearby future where the sound direction will be you know what's going to trend that's that that's basically what i i research on i might not be involved in that particular sound i i try to make sure i at least know what the direction of the sound will be before the sound be, goes into circulation all right uh, that, that was interesting so you were talking about you know how you started your production journey and how you learned from a guy that was doing beats with his mouse and all that. So um, let me ask you this. When you started making those beats, at what point did you decide, that, okay, you know what? I feel like this is what I want to do as a career. I mean, like you rightly said, you were in university then. So obviously you were in school. You had, you know, a plan of graduating and probably using your certificate to work and all that. But at what point did you say, okay, you know what? Let me stick to the production and let me just use that as my career. I come from a family where uh, my dad, at times, might not be available for him to provide some necessities. Now, here's the thing. Sweet thing is when I started producing and I started becoming good at it, it started paying bills automatically because everybody, dancers want to like edit their music. So they come to me with their beats. So I add effects and, you know, where they are dancing, where the music stops, where the music shifts or reverses. Yeah, I used to do those kind of things. So those things, they, they pay bills for me. And they also, apart from that, artist in school who wants to perform for campus shows or um, graduation shows and so on and so forth, Friday parties, they also come to me for beats. So those things, I, I kind of created like a job, a semi-job okay. in school. Unknowingly, it's not something I actually planned. It's something I do as a hobby. I just make music as a hobby. But it turns out to be a job because people are interested in the quality of my, of my work and they're willing to pay for it. So, and that actually helped me navigate through school. You know, so all these things, you know, actually paved the way for me to believe that 
no, this this can actually be a lifetime job, you know. I'm an architect. Okay. Um, I read, I read architecture from University of Nigeria, Unsuka. So, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you you know, music actually helped me, you know, to navigate all these hurdles. And this is where I am today. Even up to today, that's still happening. You know, music still pays the bills and what's the pushing, you know. All right, so um, let's talk about, um, you know, you doing music as that side also that was bringing income as a student and also you having to, you know, focus on your studies as a student also. How were you able to, you know, should I say balance those two? Yeah, um, first of all, it was timing. Okay. It was timing. Lectures in the morning, production mostly done in the night. Now, if there's assignments, I shift all my production schedules to some other time, maybe probably after exams. So for me, basically, as long as I've paid my tuition fees, my school fees, and I'm not owing, I think my mind is, when I was in school, my mind used to be at rest at that point because that's like the only major problem. The rest of the things is just money for feeding and actually not a problem at all, you know? Not a problem at all as a, as a death. Yes. So... If I have a job and everybody knows that if the whole school is having an exam, everybody goes into studies. You just make sure you study so you don't accumulate problems. You just have to do all you can to make sure you graduate. Yeah, so that was how I was able to balance time. Production in the evening, studies in the morning. Now, if there's an assignment I'm supposed to do, all my production schedules are, are, are rescheduled. So that's how, that's how it is, basically. For the first time you you know you made production for someone and you you know like you really said it was you've been getting paid since when you started in school and all that but that first payment you got for making production how did it feel mm -hmm. yeah if if it, it feels great it was like oh so is this thing i learned like you know a year ago that, that brought this money fine we're going to do more and you know we're going to take this thing to the next level and see how we can become world-class producers yeah it felt great it felt very very great i mean that's that's good uh well, there's no uh denying it that um you are one of the you know world-class producers that we have in nigeria and um let's talk about how that journey started you know after leaving school and you continued with your production who was the first um major artist that you will say you worked with and how was that feeling you know knowing that okay this person i'm working with was a major artist. How how did you feel about that experience? Actually, a lot of people don't know the first major artist I worked with was Waji, and that was in 2006. Okay. Yeah, that was in 2006. Now, this is the problem. The problem was Waji was in a record label. She was signed to a label in Enugu. Then Waji also came, went to my school, okay? She, she was like my senior. I think she just graduated then. Yeah, so she was signed to a label. I've forgotten the name. But the owner of the label, is my guy, Johnston. Okay. He's a guy, a young guy who, you know, lives in America, comes back home and was really interested in music, you know? So, yeah, so they, they, they were they were working and then someone told Waji that my beats, that she would really vibe well on my beats. Just like, okay, let, 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 let him continue. So I went to the studio, played some beats, they liked it. Her CEO, the guy that signed her, liked it. She liked it. And then we made the song. Now, the song was mixed and mastered, everything ready. Then after a few months, I, I, I don't know whether there was a problem between she and Label or something. So the song wasn't released anymore. She wasn't dropping any music, just collabs with people. So along the line, I just left, you know, the song never came out. After a while, um, in 2009, 
vector came to the studio. That was the also I was telling I'm telling you it's in Calabar. The Wages own is in Enugu. Yeah, Vector came to the studio and then he heard my beats. He was like very, very happy about it. You know, he made a record, but you know, record never came apart because I wasn't living here, you know, in Lagos. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't here. So um yeah, in 2011, when I came to Lagos, the first major artist I worked with was Fino. Ah. Yeah, it, it was Fino, and Fino also just, you know, he was just um, starting out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's like the first major person, you know, I worked with. And work has been tremendous so far, ever since. From Fino to Olamide to Leo Kesh, back to Vector to Iblis to Yemi Alade to. It has been like that ever since. So it just it just takes one song on one artist. Okay. Um, you know, like Riley said, 2011 you worked with Fino and for me personally that was when I first you know had that name Major Banks it was when I it was on his Fino song I was like whoa I love this producer and I love um his beat but if there is one thing I've kind of um you know noticed from your uh, production especially most of the songs I've heard they are more of should I say hip-hop rather than the you know traditional let's say R&Bs or Afro beats I think one of the even on um there was a song you did on um case daniel's um last album i think that was um i can't remember the name of the album but there was a particular song you did there and when i first saw the production credit i felt like okay this might be something different coming from major bank so uh let me ask you this just straight up is it that you prefer to do more of hip-hop or what kind of production are you generally comfortable with <laughs> i get these questions a lot it's, I get this particular question a lot. Now here's the thing: people come to me not because of hip hop, but because of grit. Because of my my beat has grit. It has anger. There's okay. anger in it. There's the rage. Yeah, that that's what people come for. Not really hip hop. You see, if you listen to the songs I made for Kisdan, especially that one with Wretch. Yeah. Thirty two. Yeah. You see that that song is a blend of you know um, Nigerian hip hop, UK swing. And then Afro beats. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. So exactly. So people come for me for that kind of sound. Not really. They're not coming for hip hop. It's just Nigerians that call it hip hop. Actually, it's not hip hop. It's Afro swing. Okay. That's like Afro swing. It's just like some like what Bonaboy Boy does. That kind of beat. You know. It's it's just that's what people actually come for. They they are not coming for hip hop. They coming for that gritty sound. That heavy beats. That that's what they're coming for. And I'm one of the few producers that have that kind of thing, that kind of grit. So, but when it comes to hip hop as well, also, I, I make hip hop very well. The whole country knows that. Uh, some even calls me I'm the best hip hop producer in Nigeria. Who cares? Nobody cares about that shit. But what people just want is good music. And um, I love Afrobeats. And I think right now, that's actually my main focus. I'm going to focus more on Afrobeat, but in a major bank's way. Afro beats in a major bank's way. I'll give you an example. Olamide's Owo Blue. You remember that song? That yeah, is I do. a major bank type of Afro beats. My Afro beat always has grit. It's gritty. I think the softest Afro beat I've done in my life is Kistanias One Ticket. And the beats, the, the beats is just, you know, it's just a, I don't know what happened. It's just, I just decided to try something soft and it worked. So, yeah, we've been pushing like that ever since. You know, even if you listen to um, um, Kirakus, um, Kirakus recent project, the song I made in that project is called Redemption. On that song, you see, I, I, I just tried my best to make sure I am at my 
at the level where I can be very, very soft, you know, but even at that, it still sounds hard, but it's fine. It's just me. Uh, the hardness is just me. And basically hip hop is also my thing. So I would take it like that. But the most important thing is blending, trying to blend it with the traditional Afrobeat sound. That's sweet spot. That's where the sweet spot lies. Okay, that's good. Um, I won't I I lie to you. I'm going to be very honest. When I you know, found out that um, you produced one ticket for um, Kiss Daniel, I was very, very surprised. I feel like hey, this doesn't really sound like, you know, the heavy major bands that I used to do. I mean, his beats are always... But, well, I guess there's always that one song that you just, you know, get the unexpected like that. And that was a very, very um good song. Like we've rightly mentioned, you've worked with a lot of A-list artists in Nigeria. And um, let me just throw this to you. Which one of them was the easiest to work with and which one of them was the difficult to work with? Well, if you say easier, the, the thing is, uh, most of these artists, they have their own, they have their own different type of vibes and okay. the way they process ideas, you see. I might give an artist an idea and he might not like it, but in a few days down, a few weeks time, he might go back to that idea and like it. You know, it has happened a lot. You you play some beats, you just keep them there, they say they don't like it and they come back to it. Everybody knows that me and Fino, we have the like great chemistry and yeah, every, everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Now, Daniel, that's not a person I really have, you know, chemistry with. Somehow, some way, that guy tends to understand my, you know, the way I place my melodies. He tends to really, really understands that effortlessly. Um, then when it comes to artists who is difficult, ah, I don't know. Because most artists, when they hear my beat, just want, just want to jump in. I don't know. I've never had, had like an experience where an artist is finding it difficult to jump on my beat. I, I've never had that. But most times when it's just here, they just want to do something immediately. That's, it always happens. I don't know. Uh, that's good. So let's talk about, uh, you know, the production itself now. What gets you, you know, inspired in terms of producing a beat or making a beat and just give us you know like a quick summary of what does your production process what does it look like okay first of all eh, my production process is 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 simple i can be drawn to anything i can be inspired by anything i don't have a formula for this okay um i might be walking on the road and somebody says make a sentence or somebody says something or a slang, I can just pick it up and the melody just comes to my head and, you know, it turns out to be music. Sometimes it's a sample, a sample I just hear, maybe from a house, a Gateman's, or maybe my Gateman's phone. He's playing something, he's playing some old school house music and I hear something that I think is great, so I, I might, you know, want to sample, resample, or maybe play it back. I, it, it might be just me, you know, just touching the keyboard and see what comes out. It might be me with the blank idea, just trying to do something. So my production process is kind of rugged and kind of not straightforward. It might be confusing to, you know, to people who are just starting. Okay. But yeah, it might be confusing to them because like when I, when, when I'm in the studio, when I start touching parameters and shit, people, people just get confused. And what's this guy doing? Like, uh, they are lost. But when I'm teaching my students, you know, I try to break the process down in a very in a very basic step so they can understand. So when I go to that advanced stage, they won't be lost anymore. So my production process is not that, I won't say easy, easy but not easy. It might be a drum, a, a drum loop. I hear a drum loop, I like it, I chop it up, and then I replay it, 
to pick up the fragments and then replay to something different just because I like the drums. It might even be an effect. Let's say, you know, you, you know, let's say I, I play up and say, ka, 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 and I decide to add an, a delay effect and here it sounds. So, you know, it might be ka, 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 ka. So it, it depends. It depends how it works. It might be effects, it might be loops, it might be a sample, it might be a one-shot sample, it might be, it might be anything. Might be a sentence or a speech or a statement. Do you understand? Yeah, I so do. Anything, anything. I draw inspiration from anywhere. It might even be a chord. It might be a chord progression. It might anything. That's how I'm drawn. Okay, uh, that was nice. Uh, now let me ask you this: um, Is there any artist in Nigeria right about now that you see? you are still looking forward to work with or, you know, yes, you're right about satisfied with everybody you've worked with. No, I'm not satisfied with everybody. In fact, I'm not satisfied. I'll work with Bonner Boy. Okay. That's a must. I really, really, really want to work with Bonner Boy. Bonner, that's, that's, that's the guy. That's the guy. Reason is because that guy is a complete representation of hip hop and Afrobeats. He's in the middle of the two, 50-50. And that's the only reason why I feel like Bonaboy is really, really, is one of those artists that is really, really open for experimentation. And that's why I really, really, really want to work with that guy. And I like the way he attacks beat. He's from the 80s. You know, artists that come from, the, look at Whiskey. Look, check artists that were born, that came from the 80s. They have big time galleries of melodies in their head. They know how to attack and destroy any beats. Because if you go back to the 80s, hip-hop music. That's where it started from. Do you understand? That yeah. is where it started from. So, if you're serious about music and you come from the 80s, the 80s has something. There's something golden about the 80s type of music. Which is why when Bonaboy enters any song, he brings up an old-school melody that is so fresh in the kids of today's ears. And they're like, whoa, this guy is a god. Of course he is. But they don't know that he's been listening to what the OGs have been listening have been to. Listening to exactly. That's nice. All right, you're talking about you know experimenting and you know working with um Bonaboy and all that. Um, let's quickly talk about this uh project you did with um Terry Akpala. Um, yeah, yeah. How did that? Uh, because I, how did that project come about? Because I won't lie to you. When I said that point, I'm like, okay, Major Banks and Terry Akpala, this is something different. Tell us about that project. So that project basically was just a discussion between my management and Terapala's management, you know, okay. because um, we wanted to do something, you know, like a, an artist producer collab, but Terapala being one of the most unique artists in this country, yeah. being somebody who has his own sound, doesn't sound like anybody else, he has his own thing, that guy is way more talented than what people are hearing. He is way, way more talented than that. I can I can show you. I know what I'm saying. Okay, so that project there, eh, that project was a project that was meant to, you know, just showcase both of us, our skills on another level, on a level that is both commercial and not commercial. It was a project that was supposed to depict um, Terrafala flawlessness when it comes to hip-hop music, and also a project that was supposed to depict and show Terrafala's um, um, way of, you know, vibing into a different, way more different category of beats. Anyone who has heard that project knows exactly what I'm talking about. 
You see, so that particular project, even if we did that project with no funding from any label, from any sponsor, we had no funding, but we got 3 million streams across all platforms within a short while, and it was counting. For me, I feel that's a success because we, we did that project without any funding and nobody involved, just us and uploading and posting. That was it. Oh, well, I'm going to be very, very honest to say that was a very, very good project because I don't like you. I like that project a lot. When I saw it and I listened to it, I'm like, wow, this is this is something different. And I and that project started to make me wonder, like, why don't people, you know, do more with Terry Atbala? Because like you rightly said, I listened to that project and I identified with the talent that he has. I feel like this guy is extremely talented and is very, very unique and different. And if it was one that I think yes. about that project, I felt like, okay, you know what? Because normally when I hear Terry Akpala, I used to feel like, oh, there are some certain, you know, beat or some certain song that it cannot, you know, go on or vibrate. But when I had that project, I felt, no, this guy can go on anything. He anything. can definitely go on anything. And that's why I had to ask about that project because that project is one if not my most best project, you know, that I've had Terry Akpala vibe on. And I really, really like that project. That's why I needed to ask that. Now, another question I need to ask you is this. How did you get the name Major Banks? Like, how did you come up with that name? It used to be, in, in physics, the scientist called Archimedes, who was involved in the flotation of, um, in the principle of flotation of water, um, with the principle that was involved in the technology ships use. To float on water. Okay. How to get metal to float on water. Now, um, in secondary school, um, when I was in secondary school, um, that's used to, they used to call me Archimedes, you know. So, um, Archimedes, meaning my name is Archibong Michael. So, we just changed it to Archimedes. Now, after a while, when I started doing music, it became Medis Banks. Okay. Then, when I got to the university, somebody now called me Major Banks. You know, just because he didn't remember Medis and intentionally just replaced it. So it sounded nice. And I just decided to use it ever since, like that. Okay, okay. Uh, that's cool. So now for, you know, upcoming producers or someone that want to go into production that might be listening to this, uh, you know, episode, what are those things that they should, you know, learn or they should put their mind to when they want to go into production? Well... Um, going into production is something that would that would need your maximum attention. Whoever is whoever wants to learn, not just attention, determination and um, mentorship. You see, everybody comes from somewhere. You know, as a as a producer who is emerging or who is upcoming or who is trying to learn, the first thing is learning how to make beats. After that, learning how to mix your beats. Then. After learning how to mix your beat, then learning how to market your beats. These are three things. These three things is different from each other. Now, apart from learning how to market your beat, which now boils down to a sub version or a sub um, genre, which is learning the music business. Producers need to understand that if you don't know, if you don't understand how the music business works, I'm not sure if um, that particular producer wants to be very successful. Now, you might make tons of hits in the industry, but you need to also understand that, look, you have to know how the music business works so that every music you make, you have to be accountable for it. Meaning that apart from making money when it comes to production, you have to make money. You have to also consider making money from royalties as well. And royalties, 
um, is basically two types, the mechanical rights and then the digital rights, you know, which is from sales of music and from streaming as well. So it's important for a producer to make sure he, he or she knows all these things. If they don't know all these things, I'm afraid there's going to be a big problem. Because um, you want to ensure that you have all these loose ends tightened while you know you're you know while you're good at making beats as well so you know that this is a career and because this is a career there's going to be a retirement day very soon you're going to retire one day and when you retire what are you going to fall back on that's where royalty comes in you know when you make music and you're getting royalties from left right and corner then there's a possibility that uh, your retirement is going to be great yeah you're, you're going to retire a, a rich man all right, so um, what um, production software would you, uh, you know, throw out there like, okay, if you're just starting up and you, you know, want to get around the software, you can pick up one or two software. What production software will you say? FL Studio is one of them. Okay. Logic is another one. These are softwares that are very, very simple, not really tough. It won't give you, it won't give you hard time. If you put in work and you're determined to learn, yes, this too. Yeah, Logic, FL Studio, then Ability Life. I think these are the three major softwares that will help any beginner. FL Studio, Logic, Ableton Life. Then if you want to go further, you can say Cubase, um, Studio One. Yeah, that's, that's just it. They are not much. But these ones I mentioned are the ones that are very, very basic. I mean, not really basic, but their learning process, if you're determined to learn, it's not hard. It's not difficult at all. It just You just grow in the process step by step. And okay. it's easy to use. not really difficult at all. Okay. Uh, so um, the last question now is going to be this. Is there anything that you're working on at the moment? Where should we be expecting something new? Either a song you produced or, you know, a project on your own that you're compiling together? Okay, so stage one, for now, there's an artist which I'm working with. Her name okay. is Daisy. She was on Slim Casey's show and um, she went viral from there. Now, we've put up a project and we've, we've submitted it. You're going, okay. wow. That project is a mixture of, you know, hip hop and then Afro beats, Afro swing. It shows her tremendous talents, you know. So that project is coming up soon. It's coming up really, 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 really soon. All right. So we'll be watching out for that, definitely. Uh, Thank you, Major, for, you know, for being here. And um, I really, really appreciate any last word for your fans. Oh, well, I, I just want to say that, look, keep expecting something from me. We never let you guys down. And um, yeah, I will make sure that before this year runs out, there's going to be definitely going to be a hit for me. That one sure that. Sure. All right, yeah. no problem. We'll, we'll definitely be expecting the hits. Maybe more than one hit, uh, maybe like two or three. So many hits, so many hits, uh-huh. so many hits. We'll be, we'll be expecting that. Once again, thank you very much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor. With that, I have come to the end of another episode of the Cha-Cha Hitmaker series on the Chacha Music Review Podcast, which is now being brought to you by Absolute Tab Media, your number one online media and digital marketing agency. Usually, I don't do this, but hey, whatever platform you are listening to this podcast right about now, please, I want you to leave me a review, a feedback, a comment, a rating, or anything. Just do that for me. Thank you very much. Till I come away with another episode, my name will always remain a face turnover, aka your musical plug, creator of the energy force. 
Peace out. Watimagbo, 